Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for our radio audience tuning in here at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all could be with us. Also, tuning in through online affiliates around the world, we're glad you all could join us as well. Well, I think it's fair to say that 2022, as well as the past few years, have definitely given us some challenges, things to be able to move through, but also some things to reflect on as well. For many of us, we suffered loss. We have devastating experiences that happened happened to us. Our next episode has written a book that is releasing in the beginning of 2023, but we're so glad to have her here today to talk about the importance, though, of making the decision to move forward now, and not just move forward, but as our book title says, Move Forward Stronger. We're excited to welcome Julia A. Nicholson to our program. We want to talk about how she's been able to use her own personal experiences to be able to help others, but also how you can begin today to make the changes that you want for yourself as well. Julia, thank you so much for the time today. Really appreciate it. Oh, Cyrus, thank you so much for inviting me. I very much appreciate it. Well, the pleasure is definitely all mine. I I had the privilege of reading the book. We're going to let our audience know again, Julia, how they can stay connected with you and and be able to pre-order their own copy. And the thing that struck me is that the book is definitely timely. You and I were just talking about that before we went on the air here. But I think all of us have gone through something, right, whether we're talking about the loss of a job, the loss of a loved one or a loss of an experience. And what you've been able to do in this book for me as a reader, Julia, is really show us how a lot of this has to do with our perspective. As you talk about a lot in the book, the framework, what has it been like for you to kind of share this framework with others and to see the response to it? You know, it has been more overwhelming than I ever anticipated. When I first started sharing it, the reaction from people that instantly leaned in and with tears in their eyes would walk up to me and share with me what a difference this framework has made for them. Some of them even revealing their most private stories that they haven't shared with anyone else and just honored and humbled that they would trust me with that and that they would share with me that what they heard actually made a difference for them, even just sitting in the room when they were listening to the framework and how to apply it. So just the fact that it is, it's so usable and relatable for everyone that I've spoken with, no matter what has happened in their life, no matter what experience they've had and no matter how long ago. And I mean, I've even had some people say it's been four years, five years, six years since something traumatic happened in their life. And this is the first time that they actually had hope that this is something that might be able for them to be able to use to move forward and move forward stronger. Well, I, I think the thing is, too, and, and again, you shared by using some of your own experiences, we're talking about in the workplace or just in life, Julia, that sometimes we find ourselves in situations we do not understand. Um, sometimes they can be scary. Um, they can be, I mean, for a lot of people, paralyzing. What was it like for you to think about how even going back to your family and the way you were raised and the lessons you learned there? I'm going to get into uh, the road trips a little bit later because I thought that was an interesting um, thing as well. What was it like for you to kind of reflect on those lessons, Julia, and to kind of apply them in your life and to see how you could be able to build on those? Yeah, I was very fortunate. I was raised in a military family. And so I was instilled at a very young age of discipline and perseverance and just continue to try. And 
wherever you are or whatever you do, show up as the best that you can and recognizing that my best today may not be the same as what my best was yesterday or even tomorrow. And so that whole idea of, you know, don't give up. When you give up, it's over. And what can you do to keep going? And I think that discipline really, really worked well for me. In addition, the ability to interact with lots of people and to be able to have that compassion and that empathy in the, in the military, my dad was in the Marine Corps, you, you knew no difference between any individual. It didn't matter what they looked like, where they came from, their background, their, and that ability to recognize we all have the human experience, no matter what our background or, or any quote-unquote distinguishing factor or label that might be out there in society, we're all the same. And these, these things that happen, like you said, these challenges, these obstacles, these trauma, these tragedies, um, the human experience is the same across. And I think that being raised in that background really helped me understand and embrace that and have that empathy and compassion to be able to see in others the same thing that I was experiencing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that is the thing. And I think for our audience, especially as we kind of look at, I didn't, I, I kind of um, alluded to it, uh, Julia, but I want to say for our audience, uh, the subtitle of the book is a dynamic framework to process change, loss, and grief, and you address all of those in the book. And I think, again, depending on what it is that our audience is going through, they'll find something in here to be able to help them. One thing that you talk about in the book that I think a lot of times that we are sometimes told not to do, Julia, is you, you don't mind questioning, and you encourage that, to, especially when it comes to the question of why. You gave an example in the book about employment, right, and where you were being passed over and you wanted to know why. You know, And you, know, you mentioned even going back to your family, that wasn't something that was necessarily encouraged um, you know, to ask those at authority, uh, you know, the question. <laughs> but what was it like for you to, to be able to, to scup for yourself, to advocate for yourself? And even though, as you say in the book, it may not always be the, be the answer we want, but at least we're able to get an answer. No, absolutely. I think one of the biggest challenges when something happens in our life that we didn't want to happen, we feel like we have this loss of control. We feel like that kind of we're a victim, if you will, of circumstance or of situation. And starting to ask that question why actually starts to give you back some, some more power, some more control. And even if you don't like the answer, sometimes, if many times the answer is better than what we make up in our own minds. And yeah. it was a challenge. I was raised in an environment where you do not question authority. When you go to the doctor, whatever the doctor says, that's it. You don't question anything. And to get outside of that, that frame, if you will, or that box was very valuable. And when something happens in our life like this, one of our natural instincts is to go to that word why. The problem is we're usually asking questions with that why that, that are not able to be answered. And so we make up an answer. And I think that is where the turning point comes from these things that happen to recognize there are answers to questions that we will never have. However, that doesn't mean we can't move forward and find something valuable in the process of moving forward and processing what happened in a productive way. I mentioned, of course, with the subtitle, Julia, you mentioned the process change, loss, and grief. You're very candid in the book about the way you, you feel about that word. I want to actually read something that you wrote in the chapter, Expanding the Narrative. Um, you say this yes. after an experience that our audience will read about. You had wrote down the word grief, and then you say this, I have a love-hate relationship with this word. At the mere mention of it, my stomach feels queasy, my throat gets tight, and my eyes start to tear up. 
The word conjures up so mainly painful memories and anguish. The flip side is that with just this one word, I can quickly convey how I'm feeling and dodge a lengthy conversation. You go on, though, to remind our audience of something that we all have gotten to know, and that is that loss and grief are parts of the natural human experience, as you say in that chapter. Therefore, grief will be experienced again and again. It is unavoidable. So talk about that, the realization that this is something you cannot avoid, but also the way that you choose to embrace it or look at it. How does that help you? You know, absolutely. I think one of the challenges is conventional wisdom and societal norms right now in things that you read, things that people talk about, things that they say. There's this package deal of if you've had something happen in your life, some type of unwanted change or loss, which to me is much more than than defined as the death of someone, and those initial feelings of of sadness, depression, anxiety, grief, guilt, blame, shame, criticism, judgment, there's this there's thought that that's a package deal. They're one and the same. Once I've had this happen, then I will always feel these feelings. And I think the the big piece of that is from a grief standpoint is we need to be able to separate what happened versus our initial feelings about it. And I like to share with people, think about this for a minute, that those those feelings are feelings of, of grief, but there's also feelings that you have in life of happiness and joy. Do you ever get stuck in happiness and joy? If not, then why why do we have this, this societal or conventional wisdom that I'm always going to feel grief? And really being able to look at this word and recognize it is part of the processing when something happens you don't want to happen, but that doesn't mean you have to stay there. That doesn't mean you have to live in those feelings of grief. And I know in my experiences, I almost felt like I had to based on other people's expectations. And what I started to learn is I don't have to live in those feelings of grief any more than than I get to live in the feelings of happiness or joy. But I could choose to be able to process it such that I get back to more of a, a happy state or a positive state sooner. Yeah. And again, that's something all of us can be able to attain. I want to say for those who are just tuning in, either on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. I'm speaking today with Julia A. Nicholson. She's the author of the forthcoming book, Move Forward Stronger, a dynamic framework to process change, loss, and grief. You all can actually pre-order it now. We're going to remind you of that as well as let you guys know how to stay connected online with Julia too. So Julia, I, I have to ask you a question I didn't ask in the beginning of this. Was this easy for you to share because this, a lot of this is very personal <laughs> it, you know it's not always easy to talk about some of these things was it an easy decision for you to say yes I have learned from this but I'm okay with sharing this now with the world what I've gone through and what they can get through as well you know Cyrus initially it was not I for multiple reasons one is it's very vulnerable to open up and kind of peel back the curtain if you will and share these things that the majority of the people in my life did not know at all. And the second piece is I really questioned and had a lot of self-doubt and insecurity whether there was anything of value that I could share. I was going about my life thinking everybody has things that happen and they process them and I'm no different than anyone else. And what happened was so frequently I would have people just look me square in the eye and ask me point blank, how? How did you do it? How did you experience all the things that you've experienced, the tragedy, the trauma, the challenges, the obstacles, and still 
thrive in your career and raise your children and you still live happy and joyfully with energy. And I do. It's, and it, it's not, it, there's no caffeine or anything like that. This is just all natural. And I really felt, I felt compelled. I felt that they deserved an answer because when I, when I would look at them, when they'd ask these questions and I would look at the, the look in their eyes and the emptiness and, and the, the sadness and then the tone of their voice and, and the slant of their shoulders, I knew that was me. I could see myself in them. And I thought they deserve an answer, something more than just a, oh, everybody goes through stuff. And when I started thinking about there might be something that I can use to help one person spend one less moment in these feelings of grief or overwhelm or struggle, it'd be worth it. And my life would have meaning and purpose. And that's what's really compelled me to get out there and say, look, what you see on paper and on a resume, that's what I did. The things that I've experienced and how I did it is who I am. And you are too, and you can do it. And I know you can, because we all are equipped with exactly what we need when we're born, which is that courage, that determination, that perseverance, that resilience. And I've had people ask me, you know, how can I say that I read everything and it says it's built. And I said, well, think about this for a minute when you were a baby. And for most of us, if we were born with no disabilities, we had the ability to learn how to roll over all on our own. But we didn't do it the first time or the tenth time. The same with crawling, the same with walking. That is all about courage and determination and resilience and confidence, right? So we have what we need. And the hope that I might be able to help just one person is what compels me, what drives me, and what keeps me going. And that's how I was able to get beyond Look, this is this stuff is is I'm is vulnerable. I don't know that I want to share it. It's very personal, very private. What I learned was sharing it is the best way to help somebody else with theirs. And and Julia, to that point, that takes me to the other chapter I wanted to bring up the the reframe facet, because I think that's the whole thing, right? I have uh, you don't know this about me, I don't think, Julia, but my audience here on the radio says knows I'm a, a suicide attempt survivor. And one of the things that I learned in my life was to be able to reshape the way I looked at things and to, re- and to be able mm-hmm. to basically, as you talk about, to reframe it. So uh, yes. for me, my whole thing was more up, was less about what other people thought of me, more about what, how I saw myself. And I love how you address that in that chapter. Talk about that for our audience because we all have heard that words matter. And typically we think of that being words we say to others. Why is it important for us to reframe the words that we say and think about ourselves? Oh, absolutely. The most important relationship we will ever have is the relationship we have with ourselves. And that determines the quality of every other relationship. And reframing it, I like to use simple words, right? I'm not a scientist. I'm not an MD. I'm not a psychologist. I'm just an average, everyday, ordinary person. And reframe meant something to me when I started looking at it. The irony of the whole idea of reframing is that this, this theory, this principle, which is actually called the framing theory, has been used for hundreds, thousands of years in business and in media. And basically what the framing theory is about is the way something is presented to an audience impacts the manner and the process by which they understand it and internalize it. And so when I talk about this in the book and when I use it in real life, what I'm able to do is recognize that what happened in the past, we can think of like a picture, like a snapshot in time that can never change. Just like the picture we have sitting on our desk or the picture on our wall. 
And we can think about those initial thoughts and feelings about what happened as the frame that that picture sits in and recognizing that that frame can be changed at any time. And so when these things happen in our life, our mind automatically attributes some initial thoughts and feelings about it, and they're usually negative. This is the worst thing that would ever happen. This is the most terrible thing. I'm always going to feel this way. I don't know how I'm going to overcome this. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Our brain does that intentionally to protect us. The challenge is if we don't ever question what our brain automatically did on autopilot, we stay there and we actually become resigned to that. But if we're able to look at what happened for what it is, it's truly a snapshot in time that has no reason to have to dictate our future and define who we are going forward unless we let it. And the key to me is to be able to separate, separate those two because living with what happened and living in those initial feelings are two different things, and they can be separated purely by us starting to recognize that they're not a package deal, and we can look at what happened in a different frame. I mean, we put a different frame around the pictures in our house or on our wall all the time, depending on our mood or our decor or our color or we see another cool frame. Or, And it's interesting because – Artists know this. They, have, they spend sometimes more time picking out a frame for their piece of work than they do creating the piece of work because they know how powerful and impactful it is. Well, we need to start thinking about that as, as human beings, that this frame of feelings and thoughts and beliefs that initially get on, they're always negative. We never think the best case scenario first. It just doesn't happen. But the really cool thing about the reframe facet is the more frequently we do this, we actually start to rewire our brains so that we do start to think of more of the, what's the best outcome that can happen instead of the worst? And we start to think about that more frequently. I, I have to say one of the most highly complimentary things anybody could ever say to me early on in this process was, oh my gosh, you know, you're such a Pollyanna. Well, they never knew what was going on in my life. And if I was able to genuinely, not artificially, create for them, they think that I just think life is rosy, even though they knew, they knew nothing about what had happened in my life. That meant to me there was something there. There was something positive because I can reframe pretty quickly. And you can use these things, these facets for anything in your life. I mean, it's funny what happens that are small trivial things, like we get cut off in traffic or we shrink, like I shrunk my favorite sweater to a size I haven't worn since I was six years old. Those are things that happen that are minimally impactful, but we still think about them in a negative way. Oh my gosh, I, I saved that sweater and I, I did so much to, eat, to earn that sweater and it was my favorite one. But then I start to realize when I reframe it, you know, it was kind of old. The, the elbows were getting kind of worn out. It was a lot pilled. Probably it was time for a new sweater, right? So it, it literally is, like you say, how, how you decide to look at it going forward is the key. And that's a turning point. Julia, we're discussing this book, if you can believe it, as we're almost halfway through the last month of 2022. The book officially yeah. comes out in the beginning of 2023. What is your hope when, when people are able to get the book in their hands and download it to their devices? What do you hope the book does for them as they're able to get it where they are? I hope that they are able to look at this framework, recognize, number one, that it's not a checklist. Number two, these are not steps. Number three, that no matter how long ago whatever happened in their life, they can start right where they are right now with this framework in the way that works for them. This is not some prescribed methodology or linear. I also hope that they recognize 
that there is something beyond where they currently are. And it is better. They're, they don't have to stay where they are. Everyone's time frame and, and timeline is different. And don't feel pressured by what other people think you should do or need to be doing. Your timeline is your own. And you will know when you are ready to move. And what I really hope this book does for them is let them know that there is something beyond where they currently are. And they can use it in any aspect of their life. I've used this personally. I've used this professionally. I've used it, as I said, for things that are minimally impactful, like getting cut off when I'm in, on the freeway trying to change lanes or getting my <laughs> sweater, shrinking my sweater. It, it, you literally can use this in relationships, in personal situations, professional situations. And I hope that it gives them hope and that they're able to share it with others because people then, will, then start asking them, how did you do it? And each one of us can help each other. And to me, that's the, the beauty of what's out here, that we all can help each other. And as more people start to understand, there is a different way than just the conventional wisdom that's out there and the most common popular methodology. There is a way, and this one may be one that helps you, even if you've tried others and you've gotten nowhere. I have a lot of people say, you know, I've been stuck. I've been stuck for so long. How do I get unstuck? And I offer them this framework, and I said, here's a way that might help you get unstuck. When you're ready, it will be here for you. Love that. Love that. Ready ready for them. I think that's it, to make the decision for ourselves. You kind of address that in the book as well. Again, everyone, Julia A. Nicholson has been our guest. Julia, a great conversation with you. I said to Julia, even before we had this conversation, look, I have to have you back, and I mean it now even more. We have to have you back when the book's officially out so our audience can be able to enjoy it with us. Again, Move Forward Stronger, a dynamic framework to process change, loss and grief. We've all experienced all three in some form or fashion. The book, again, is available for pre-order right now. And for those joining us online, uh, we did put the Amazon link there. For those joining us on the radio side here in Mississippi, I will put it also in our Facebook group so you guys can be able to have it there. But Julia, you have a website as well. How can our audience find you there? I do have a website. And also, I want to let your listeners know that if they pre-order it, it's at a 20% discount. So there's an incentive to pre-order it. Yes. They can also find me on my website, which is www.julianicholsonpresents.com. All right. Julia, congratulations to you again. So glad to have a chance to speak with you and looking forward to our next conversation together. Cyrus, thank you so much for having me. I look forward to our next conversation together. I love what you're doing and applaud that. And you're really making a difference in the, the listeners' lives. So thank you again for having me on. I appreciate it. And I look forward to our next conversation. Definitely, definitely. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. And it's going to make today amazing. Take care. <laughs> 